Hello, and welcome to the first episode of what I have creatively entitled the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. Today will be the first episode, and we're going to get into a topic that has been in my heart recently, and a topic that I think will help a lot of people, specifically younger people, because the topic is something that maybe older people have already conquered, but young people, it could be the thing that you know, is in front of them the most and the thing they think about, maybe even worry about the most. And um, before we get into the topic, which you've already seen, if you clicked on this podcast, the title of it, but before we get into the podcast, um, I just want to lay down some um, background information about why I'm doing the podcast, what the podcast will be about, um, different things. And uh, basically, I was driving back from a meeting at the end of last year, and I felt the Lord speak to me to begin to release podcasts consistently. And, um, you know, part of it is for me because um, obviously I, I, I am just starting out in the ministry and I've just graduated from Bible college last May. And um, it will give me a consistent platform to preach and teach and do what I love and feel called to do and what I feel I'm anointed to do, which is preach the gospel and break down the word of God for people. But also, I feel like there's a glaring need for young people that have no good, solid foundation and information when it comes to spiritual topics, and especially from a charismatic Pentecostal perspective. Those things aren't very prevalent. You know, you might find people that are very soulish or very emotional or things like that, but there's very few anointed, younger teachers and preachers of the gospel, and we need as much as we can get, and I believe that I'm one, and um, I don't feel ashamed to say that or feel like it's prideful for me to say that, but I feel as though my voice is needed, and I feel like this podcast will be a way for me to get my voice out there, and um, I'm excited for what God's going to do through the podcast and the people that it will lead and touch and be a voice of um, a voice of encouragement for, and I'm excited to see what God does. So um, you may have heard of me through my family name, or maybe you've seen me preach different places on my dad's Facebook page, on uh, our church Facebook page on Facebook, or maybe you've seen me preach somewhere else, or maybe you just know me because we were friends or that we went to Bible school together or another reason. However, uh, you've gotten to know me or have seen me on social media or whatever it might be. I'm excited and grateful that you're tuned in and listening today, and it's going to be a good time in the Lord. So without further ado, let's get right into it. And um, like I said before, if you were seeing and you clicked on this podcast, you already know what the topic is because it's in the title. And the title and the topic that I'm going to be speaking about today is simply this. I'm called and young. Now what? Firstly, when discussing the topic that this podcast is dealing with, I feel like an important thing to do is going to be changing the phrase of the title a little bit, you know, because you might be called, but you can't fulfill your calling effectively without something called the anointing. You know, maybe you're young and maybe you felt the call of God in your life from a young age and, you know, you went through middle school and high school with that in your heart and mind, knowing that you were going to do that and you lived separated, you lived righteously, you lived knowing that your life 
was going to be lived for the Lord and that you were going to be going into the ministry at some point. And then you graduated from high school and you went to Bible college and you went to Bible college for two, three, four years, however long, you know, you were in Bible college. Maybe you're still in Bible college as you're watching this. Maybe you're in high school. I don't know what place in life that you might be, but you feel that calling on your life and you want to know, how do I fulfill that calling? Well, firstly, like I mentioned, you have to understand the distinction between a calling and an anointing. Because you might be called, but you can't fulfill your calling effectively without something called the anointing. So let's change that word from you feeling called to do something to you being anointed to do something. Because that's a much better way to see it. Because firstly, anointing is greater than calling. And secondly, being is greater than feeling. You know, during the week, as I was just in prayer and study time and, you know, seeking the Lord about what this podcast would be and what the first episode might be, I couldn't shake in my heart, you know, giving good information and good wisdom and sound advice to young people that feel called but feel trapped or stuck or feel like they can't fulfill that calling because of different things. But you have to understand that God doesn't just call people to do things, but he anoints them to do things. And the anointing is the thing that makes it easy. You know, the Bible says the anointing breaks every yoke. So if you're not anointed and you're only called, that's a good way to burn yourself out, a good way to stress yourself out, and a good way to feel like you're not capable of doing the thing that God's called you to do. And um, you have to understand that most charismatic Pentecostal believers don't understand the purpose of the anointing. The anointing, firstly, on a person, is God's supernatural power and acceptance being poured out on their life. The anointing is a charge, and it's a stamp of approval to go and do the work of the ministry. You know, I'm reminded of Luke chapter 4, when Jesus entered the temple and began to read the scroll as he usually did, as was his custom. And the Bible says he read out of Isaiah, when uh, Isaiah, and I believe it's chapter 61, you know, it's a prophecy that says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. You see, the anointing is more than a feeling at an altar. The anointing is not just emotion. The anointing is not soulish. The anointing is not for show. The anointing is not purposeless. The anointing only comes by and for divine assignment. The anointing throughout scripture was always sent to accomplish specific tasks and specific objectives. Now, the question becomes, why has God anointed you? And for what purpose has he anointed you? Firstly, I want to look at some examples in scripture. The Bible says this, some examples in scriptures of people that were anointed. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 8, that Aaron was anointed by his brother Moses to be the high priest of Israel. In 1 Samuel 16, the Bible says that Samuel anointed David to be king of Israel. In 1 Kings 1, it mentions that Solomon was anointed to be king of Israel. In Mark 14, Mary Magdalene anointed Jesus' feet and body with the perfume from her alabaster box to be prepared for burial. Luke chapter 4, I mentioned earlier, the most important one probably, the Messiah, Jesus, was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to set free all who were oppressed of the devil. And so now, I ask you, what is the purpose of God's power on your life? What's the purpose of his anointing on your life? 
Obviously, not every purpose for the anointing was listed in the verses I mentioned, but it's a good start. So let me ask you this. What's the purpose of attending your church services faithfully? What's the benefit on the laying on of hands or the demonstration of the miraculous? And maybe the most convicting question, what is expected of a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit? These are all questions that need to be answered, and most Christians cannot answer them. And these are all questions I hope to address and answer in this podcast that I have for you today. Because if you don't know why you do something, then trust me, you won't do it for very long. But praise God, because all of our answers are always found in His Word. And so now for an illustration and visualization of what the anointing does, I want to read to you out of Judges chapter 6. Because there's a story about a a man by the name of Gideon. So I'm going to read to you out of Judges chapter 6. And I'm going to begin with verse 11 and read to verse 18. The Bible says in Judges 6, 11, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite. While his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, If the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. Important to notice there that God's sending Gideon. And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, If now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. So here's an answer to why God anoints people. God anoints people to take ground for his kingdom. Look at the story of in Gideon. God came to Gideon to anoint him to do an objective and a task. God said, Gideon, I'm going to be with you that you might destroy the hand of the Midianites. You are not anointed to do nothing. You're anointed to take ground for God. You are anointed to cause damage to the kingdom of hell. And as we can see in the life of Gideon, God anointed him to be mighty and destroy the enemies of God. God didn't anoint you to be a barista or a construction worker. Not that there's anything wrong with those two jobs. But God doesn't give something that's precious to him, his anointing, to people that are going to do things that can be done without or outside of the anointing. You know, there's many successful construction workers that aren't anointed. Why? Because you don't need the anointing to be a good construction worker. What's the point of attending a spirit-filled Bible school, if you're in Bible school or plan to go, and being taught all of the things you need to go and do the work of the ministry just to do something you could have done without it? God will never anoint you to sit still. God will never anoint you if you're going to do nothing. When God anoints somebody, he anoints them for a specific reason, and he expects a return on the investment that he's put within you. God, for instance, would have never anointed David in 1 Samuel 16 if David wasn't going to be king and wasn't going to do things in order to be king. 
God doesn't give precious things to ordinary people. And his anointing is one of the most precious things that he has, if not the most precious. So God's not going to pour out his anointing on a person that's going to treat it as common and treat it as commonplace. And, you know, the anointing is just the thing that comes and everyone gets it. No, you would be shocked. You know, I used to think the anointing was common because of my family and how I was raised and the preaching I heard. But man, step one foot outside of that bubble and I began to see that the anointing is extremely rare, that very few people carry the anointing. You see, when God anoints somebody, he wants you to do the thing that you were anointed to do. Why go to Bible school if you're called to be a doctor? Why go to Bible school if you're called to run a successful business or do something outside in the secular world? A simple concept, but most people live like they don't understand that. Our God, for one, is a God of divine assignment and divine objective. He's not a God that works aimlessly. He's not a God that works without direction. He's not a God who gives whatever to whomever. He's intentional with what he's given. You know, I'm reminded of the parable of the master and the talents given to his servants. And the Bible says that he gave different amounts of talents to the different servants, and he asked them to go multiply it and bring it back to him. And the servant that got the most talents to begin with, multiplied what was given to him and brought it back to the master and the master was pleased. And same with the second one. But then there was one servant that took what the master had given him, that one talent, and the Bible says he was afraid that he would lose it. So he went and hid it in the ground. And when he hid it in the ground, he waited until the time had come to return to the master, dug it up and brought it back to the master. And the Bible says the master was very displeased with the servant that didn't reproduce and multiply what was given and he took the talent from the servant that did nothing and gave it to the servant that did the most. Why? Because God is always looking for a return on investment. You see in nature, any plant or flower or tree or anything like that, that's not growing is dead. Why? Because if you're not progressing, if you're not doing something to advance what's being given to you, if you're not, you know, you're called to preach, but you're not preaching, you're called to be a worship leader, but you're not leading worship, you're called to be in ministry in some aspect, but you're not in the ministry, God is not pleased. And God will take away the thing that he gave you if you don't go out and multiply what was given. You see, it's the same in the supernatural. If you're not progressing, if you're not doing something to advance your gift, then therefore you're regressing and you're dying and you won't last in the ministry. That's why the Bible says in Acts chapter 17, verse 28, that in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. Notice that scripture in Acts 17 doesn't say in him we're paralyzed, in him we keep our mouth shut, in him we do nothing, but in him we move, in him we live, and in him we have our being. Not We're not in him to sit in our hands and wait for everything to happen and wait for everything to be handed to us and to wait for every condition to be right. You know, think of me starting this podcast. Very few people know my name. Very few people know that I'm even a preacher. But if God told me to do something and if God has anointed me to do something, I'm going to do anything I can. I'll spend all the money on every piece of equipment I need. I'll watch countless hours of YouTube videos to learn how to, you know, do, you know, 
a podcast, do all the equalizing and compressing. Why? Because I want to please the Lord and I want to multiply the gift that he's given me because I love him with my whole heart. You know, there has to come a point in your life where you realize that you're anointed to do great things for God. You know, you might not start out in an auditorium of 6,000 people preaching to thousands, but God will give you something and he's watching to see how you stored what was given. Because if you don't multiply what's given, God won't give you anything else. God is watching you right now as a young person, speaking to young people or old people. God's watching with what he's placed in your hand and he's seeing, are you multiplying it or are you hiding it in the ground because you're afraid to lose it? You see, the Bible says that if you don't multiply what's given to you, then God will take what you have and give it to another person that's multiplying what was given to them. It's not prideful to know that God has great things in store for your future and for your life. As a believer, you should be anointed to take ground for the kingdom of God, to advance in every area of your life, and to multiply your gift every chance you get. You're anointed to advance in every area of your life. You're anointed to tear down strongholds. You're anointed to proclaim liberty to the captives. You're anointed to have victory in your soul, body, and spirit. In reality, the only thing I should have to tell you is that you're anointed because the anointing takes care of all of those things, you know, because if you're anointed by God, you're approved by God. And anyone that's approved by God has the hand of God on their life and the hand of God has everything that you'll ever need. In other words, you've been given the green light to advance in every area of life. You know, I see a lot of young people just feeling like, oh, God hasn't spoken. God hasn't released me. Well, sure he has. Have you read something called the Great Commission? You know, that applies to all people, right? That you don't have to get a specific word to fulfill the Great Commission. That the Great Commission was given to everyone and that you should be fulfilling it every chance you get. You know, if you don't remember anything that I've said during this podcast, remember this, that nobody throughout the history of mankind, throughout the history of the word of God was anointed to lose. Nobody was ever anointed to be beat up by life and to be down and miserable and be in mourning and complain. Nobody was anointed to lose. God only anoints the victors. Let me say that again. God only anoints the victors. You know, God never had to tell David in 1 Samuel 17 to go out and fight Goliath and shut his mouth. But simply... From David receiving the anointing in 1 Samuel 16, he had the unction and the drive that any enemy against God, anyone speaking against God, anyone railing against God and saying he's not this and he's not that, I want to destroy that person because he's an enemy of the God whom I love. You know, we can see from the pastors and judges that we read earlier that Gideon himself was unsure of this anointing and this charge that God had placed on his life. He questioned how God could use someone like him. You remember, he said things like, you know, I'm the weakest in my tribe. My family's the least in the tribe. You know, and even in my own family's house, I'm the least in my own house. He did everything he could to disqualify himself, to say, oh, he's not good enough, to say, oh, I can't do that. I can't do this. But what is it? You know, why I love God so much and why I love his word so much is in that story. God called Gideon a mighty man of valor before he ever took step on a battlefield. Why? Because God sees the very best of you. He sees the very best of me. You know, 
I could use that excuse and say, oh, you know, I was a quiet kid. You know, I wouldn't say two words to anybody. How could God call me to preach to people? How could God call me to start a podcast or preach in front of a crowd or do anything? But now I can look at my life and see God's hand all throughout my life. That even in the natural, if it didn't seem like I was called to preach or I was called to be in ministry, God knew the calling he placed on my life and he knew that he would perfect it and that he would bring it to pass in time, you know. In other words, God believed in Gideon, God believed in me, and God believed in you before you ever believed in yourself, before Gideon believed in himself, or before even I believed in my own self. I don't know if you can see that sometimes in life you become your hardest critic, that you become the biggest disqualifier of yourself. For some reason, we have this insane ability to think of every reason and every quality why God can't use someone like me or you. Why God, you know, should just use someone else. Why God should use someone who's more well-spoken or more charismatic or more handsome or more pretty or more talented or more whatever. You know, God, you should use someone who has a quality that I think I don't have and that's why I'm disqualified and can't be used. You know, we do such a good job of convincing ourselves that there's someone out there better suited for the job than us. But I want to remind you, in this first podcast that I'm going to be releasing, that God has anointed you specifically and uniquely to do mighty things for God and to give you a hope and a future that's tailor-made and only meant for you, that it only has your specific name on it. You know, there was a book I read when I was a teenager. It was called You Are God's Best by T.L. Osborne. And in that book, he dealt with this topic that I'm preaching about and teaching about right now about self-worth and how God sees you and how you're more than enough and how God can use you. And then there's things in your life that only you can do, people only you can reach, you know, and it changed my life forever. I recommend that book very highly, you know, and I can think of people in the Bible that didn't believe the thing that God anointed them to do was for them. You know, you think of Moses. Moses told God that he couldn't speak to Pharaoh and go because he stuttered. He had a speaking problem. You know, he was like, you know, just send Aaron, my brother. He's much more well-spoken, yada, yada, yada. You know, I think of Sarah, how she laughed and told God that she couldn't bring forth the promise of Isaac. But you have to understand that God created every, excuse me, Excuse me. God created every fabric and every strand of your DNA before you ever took a step, before you ever took a breath, before you ever came out of your mother's womb. That he saw you before anyone saw you and that he knows you better than you'll ever be able to know yourself or better than any other person on this planet will be able to know you. He's equipped you for this fight. And he set your feet on the rock to stand and he's put a sword in the, of the spirit in your hand to win in life. Do you know... How many times I've tried to convince myself that I can't preach? Do you know how many times everyone tries to convince themselves that they can't do the thing that God, God called them to do? You know, for most people, it's not the devil lying to them. It's their own mind lying to them. You know, but oh, how I love the Lord and his enduring mercy and wonderful word, which serves as a constant reminder that it's not me, but it's his power working through me. You know, the Bible says that God will choose the weak things of the world 
to put the strong to shame, that he chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and that his strength is made perfect in weakness. Maybe the thing that you feel like has held you back the most is actually the thing that God's looking to use because people will look at your life and say, I knew them beforehand, but I knew them after they received the anointing of this God they speak of. And I see the difference it makes and I can feel the anointing every time they speak and there's something supernatural. And I don't even, you know, maybe they don't even believe in God, but simply from them seeing your life and seeing the ministry that you have and seeing the thing God's doing through you, your life will serve as a testimony and a reminder that God can do anything with anyone if they're obedient to his voice and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You know, the spirit of the Lord Confess over your own life. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you, for He has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to set free all who are oppressed. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 3, verse 8, that for this reason the Son of God was made manifest, that He might destroy the works of the evil one. You're not anointed to put up with the devil's nonsense. You're not anointed to be tormented. You're not anointed to be mocked. You're not anointed to be pushed back. You're not anointed to give ground to the enemy. Hallelujah. You're not anointed to miss out on all the wonderful things that God has reserved for your life. You're anointed to accomplish and fulfill everything God has for you in Jesus name. In Jesus name. In closing, I want to ask you another question. The question becomes, what are you anointed to do? I want to show you one purpose of the anointing found in the scripture that we read in Judges 6 that's powerful. The Bible says in Judges verse Judges chapter 6 verse 28, the Bible says this. The Bible says that when the men of the town rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down and the Asher beside it was cut down. And the second bull was offered on the altar that had been built. And they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And after they had searched and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the town said to Joash, Bring out your son that he might die, for he has broken down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning, if he is a god. Let him contend for himself, because his altar has been broken down. Therefore on that day Gideon was called Jerubal, that is to say, let Baal contend against him, because he broke down his altar. That's a powerful story. One of the things from that story that I draw that you're anointed to do is this. You're anointed to tear down and destroy the idols of the world. The Bible says that Gideon tore down the Asherah pole and the altars to Baal. And those were all demonic gods and pagan gods. And the Bible says that one of the things that the anointing did on Gideon's life is he began to destroy idols and destroy things that were set up for gods that were no gods. Hallelujah. You are anointed to destroy the idols of this world. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 10. It says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in the pulling down of strongholds, casting down everything that might exalt itself against God. Well, what's something that exalts itself above God? 
That by definition is an idol. So God doesn't give us weapons of warfare to stand still. He gives us a weapon of warfare to tear down the strongholds that are in this world. What are some strongholds that I could list that exist in this world? Depression, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, fear, oppression of the devil, poverty, you know, sin, all sorts of things that I can list as idols that you're anointed to tear down for the glory of God and his kingdom. God only gives you a weapon to fight. Why? Because a weapon prophesies a fight. Preston, what do you mean when you say that a weapon prophesies a fight? Well, think about it. You don't take a sword to a birthday party or a family gathering or some peaceful occasion. You take a sword to a place where you expect a conflict. Hallelujah. So when the Bible says that God has given us spiritual weapons, that must mean that there's a spiritual war at hand. And if there's a spiritual war at hand, and I'm enlisted by God to do his work, then that must mean I'm anointed to be a soldier in his army. Hallelujah. Because why would God give me a weapon if it was never intended to be used? You see, for most Christians, their swords are dull. Their swords are covered in dust because they haven't used it in years. But you should become experienced with your weapon because it makes your anointing stronger. You see, my weapon that God gave me when I was four years old was to be a preacher of the gospel. And if I don't sharp, sharpen that iron, if I don't sharpen the gift that God gave me, then I'm a doing a displeasure for God and I'm in disobedience to his calling on my life. You see, instead of becoming professional complainers, what if we became professional warriors for the Holy Ghost? You see, You're not anointed to just be a nice person. I don't know who told you that you're just anointed to be a good son or a good daughter or a good husband or a good wife. You're not anointed to, you know, take all the devil's mess. You're anointed to take the devil's head off. Think of the story of David and Goliath. The Bible says that David when he received the anointing, challenged Goliath. And not only did he challenge Goliath, but he defeated Goliath in that same day. And then he cut his head off with his own sword. Hallelujah. You're equipped to win the battle. You're equipped to defeat the giant and you're anointed to cut his head off forever. You are anointed to take ground in Jesus mighty name. Hallelujah. Well, we're approaching 30 minutes and I feel like I'm done. So I just want to pray with you. And I just want to thank you at the end of this broadcast and at the end of this radio podcast, whatever you want to call it. I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank you for listening all the way through if you did. And I want to pray with you before we go. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, Father, I thank you that you would illuminate our vision and be able for have us be able to see our anointing, what we're called to do, that God, if any young person is listening to my voice right now, that the information and the revelation that we expose from your word today will become made illuminated in their spirit, God, that a fire will begin to rise up in their spirit, that they would know that they're not just called, but they're anointed to do a mighty work in the Holy Ghost. God, I thank you that it's done right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that as they come into agreement with this prayer, it becomes made active in their life and will serve a mighty purpose. And God, that they would have mighty testimonies and miracles and they would have a harvest that would come from that revelation and this prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you one more time for tuning into this first podcast. And I hope you'll tune back in when I release more episodes in the future. I believe God's going to do awesome things through this platform and through these podcasts that I begin to record. 
You know, this is something I felt the Lord leading me to do for quite a while. And I hope it blessed you today in a powerful way. To stay connected with me, you can follow me on Instagram. And I'll be making other social media accounts in the future. So stay posted on those. And I love you. God loves you. And I'll talk to you soon. God bless you.